It's time for some foreplay for your cheap ass. Keg foreplay, starring the shipwrecks. Welcome to Cheap Ass Gamer Foreplay, episode number 52. It's September 4th, 2008. I'm your host, Mrs. Shipwreck. And I'm your husband and co-host, Shipwreck. It's been a, a little bit of time since we've had an episode. Yeah, we had the episode last week, or I had the episode last week with Wombat. Yes. And people had good things and bad things to say about that, but mainly good things. It was a little odd, a little different. We'll say different. Yeah, I think uh, Wombat and I would be fine together. It's just we need to build up a little bit more chemistry. Like, if you if you go back and listen, we've done maybe two or three shows prior to that one together. Mm-hmm. And I think they've improved each time. I'm, I'm not positive on that, but I think they have. Well, well, that's what counts. Yeah, so once we overthrow Cheapy, then we'll be fine, I think. Because then we'll have plenty of time to practice. <laughs> Um, we are doing an early morning recording this morning. Yeah, because you have had a hellacious work week. Yes, and, and falling asleep but when you got home from work at 8.30 last night didn't make recording very easy. No. I mean, you could have recorded a show at that point, but it probably would have been pretty boring. And, and by yourself, I think you have difficulty moving the show along. Yeah, I, I would just sit here and, and talk about... I don't know, like infinite undiscovery for an hour and a half, or no, most likely too human. I I would talk about too human for two hours. (laughs) Yeah, that was probably the the biggest complaint about your last show. (laughs) That and fantasy football. Some people don't like fantasy football talk. Oh, so we can't talk about our fantasy football league? Not not too much, no. Well, nothing's really happened so far yet, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. So what have we been playing? Because, or wait, no, first of all, on our last episode, we did get a good price debate going on the Xbox Live Arcade A pretty prices. heated price debate. Yeah, it kind of took over the the forum about the show. So that was kind of fun. I like that. Yeah, we're not going to, we'll probably bring that up again at some point, but we're not going to do it this show because... There's too much to cover. There's too much to cover, and we have an interview in this show. A special interview. Yeah, so that'll be coming up later. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to skip over kind of the beginning parts of the show where we usually insert comments and that type of stuff. That'll be back next show. So down with the ships, what have you been playing? Uh, I finally finished up Lunar Legend for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, That was the old school RPG. Um, And I think it was pretty well done. I mean, there there was definitely some hokiness to the uh, translation I mean, yeah, there, there were, and there was a pretty common problem. Yeah, and apparently the first version of it, the one that was uh, out on the PlayStation and the Saturn and everything, apparently that had a lot of humorous, kind of like uh, up to date references when it came out. And this one had a couple, like there was a reference to the Macarena in there when they were talking about dancing, and uh, which is it's it's odd because it's a different universe. It's kind of like a fantasy setting. Well, and you're not playing it when it's just come out, so yeah, it seems so you, dated, I guess. Did, did well, yeah. that make the... Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, this came out back in uh, the late 
1990s, early 2000s. I, I don't know. I try, I'm trying to block the Macarena out currently. Yeah, so, but I, I liked it. I thought I'd almost like to see them redo this again because I think it has a pretty strong storyline, but they didn't flesh out all the characters because they didn't do that back when they made these RPGs. It was just kind of like... They didn't need to have... There's like all these... Your main groups are matched up boy-girl, boy-girl. So there's like basically three different... like relationships going on throughout the game and they all have different interactions, but they're kind of surface interactions when they could be a little bit deeper and they actually feel like they are just the dialogue isn't there. Got it. But I, I like that. It took about 23 hours. I think that's uh, a long time for a Game Boy Advance game. Yeah. I, I like playing RPGs on the portables. Like they just seem to go by faster than because you sit down and you play them for an hour or so. And then then you do something a couple else. weeks you're done with it. Well, you have also been playing a lot of Too Human. There's been a lot of dying recently with the character class you picked to play through again. Yeah, there's a particular spot in the last level where there are these characters that ride around on kind of these skiff things. or these big fat uh, dead guys, and they keep regenerating the other guys around them. And without using a really heavy gun character, it's kind of hard to take them out without dying repeatedly. Well, you got the dying repeatedly down, yeah, and that's I, all we're going to say about Two Human, because you've talked about it a ton. All right. Well, I'll just mention that I've played through it twice now uh, on solo, and I've played with Wombat through a couple of levels, and I have started up my third character now. So. I, I think I think they get the appreciation that you are getting the most out of Two Human. They, they I'm can, that guy. They can appreciate that. You are that guy. Uh, Puzzle Quest Mobile. You finished Puzzle Quest Mobile on the Nokia phone that they were generous enough to send you. Yeah, THQ. THQ Wireless sent that out. And there will be a review posted on Monday. We, uh, You spent a lot of time with John and Cheapy. John, Cheapy, and I, yeah, we worked through what we believe is going to be the CAG review uh, system. And well, how the be, score works and everything like that. To... So that one will be the first one that has that scoring system and setup and everything. Now, that'll be posted to my blog, and it might get to the front page. I'm not sure how we're going to handle that right now because eventually they're going to be built into the games database, which isn't quite ready to go live. Um, but for now, they'll be on my blog, and yeah, look for that this coming week. I, it's all ready to go. It just needs we just needed to hammer out the. Uh, how the review scoring was going to work. And find a place to live on the site. Uh, Super Mario Galaxy. You've been playing a lot of Super Mario Galaxy again. We never finished this game. We got about halfway through and got bored Oh, with we it. got further than halfway. We were on the last Galaxy when we quit. We were? Yeah, Bowser is right there. He's he's right. I could go to him at any point. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. But the reason why is you got all these uh, cord-free peripherals from Nyko that they were generous enough to send you to try out and preview and review. Mm -hmm. So you're currently using Super Mario Galaxy as your review platform for those things. Yeah, I'm going to try that. I'm going to finish that up, and then I'll try a couple other games with it because I want to try to test the battery life as as well as... uh, I want to test a game that uses a lot of shaking with the nunchuck just to see if that that, uh, reacts well and everything. Super Mario Galaxy, you can use it, but... There's not a lot of need. Well, I don't to use like it. I, it. Does the same thing as the right as the uh, Wiimote does when you shake it. It it 
makes Mario spin around or like collects the things and everything like that. Uh, so I don't, I prefer to use the Wiimote to do that. Makes that makes sense. Well, you're right-handed too. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, my initial impressions of the cord free is that I, I like that there's no cable in between the two. Connecting the nunchuck and the Wiimote. And it seems responsive. The, uh, it, it also adds some like uh, heft to the nunchuck portion, which I like. Um, yeah, the Wiimote and the nunchuck. Well, and even even the Wiimote, I think they're pretty light and easy to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I easy to toss through the TV. Well, we've never done that, but no. uh, and the only bad thing that I can think of so far is it's got these flashing blue LED lights that continuously flash. So they're probably wearing playing. down your battery pretty pretty much. Yeah, quickly. and they're they're slightly distracting at first too. Like I don't notice them so much anymore, but it's just like I don't understand why they're doing that. Almost like they're trying to tell you something. I have been playing Harvest Moon, Island of Happiness. Okay, you're gonna skip over that last one, Pikmin. Uh, not on purpose, but thanks for pointing it out. <laughs> well, I just thought you'd like to I comment. I could go on it. back. You left out Harvest Moon, so I was just going to that. And yes, yeah, so we've still been playing Pikmin, but I'm not sure we have since the last game or the last episode. We didn't talk about it on the last episode. This is in between two episodes. Here. Well, I talked about it on my blog. Yes. So if you want to have her impressions of that, you can read her blog. It was fun, although now I'm regretting spending all that time playing. Pikmin, when we should have been playing Pikmin 2 co-op instead of taking turns handing a controller back and forth. Yeah, Pikmin 2 is co-op and time-free. Both so, positives. Yeah, our our main complaints about the first game. But the first game, I like it a lot. It's just a lot of trial and error. There's a, There needs well, to be a way so that you can just... not so much trial and error in that we were stupid and completely missed where the blue guys were on the level that we were supposed to get the blue guys. So we yeah. we played, we got how many of the... We got a lot of that third level done without, without having getting the blue, the blue guys. guys. Which the blue guys, if you don't know what Pikmin is or haven't got it's, an idea. It's kind of a lemmings, uh, you direct them around. Yeah, you, you kind of, it's a 3D game, but you have a little little space guy, Olimar, and he finds these creatures that have different attributes. And the blue guys let you walk on water and they're also resistant to fire. And then you have, like, your red guys who are... They're, no, no, the blue battle. guys are not resistant to fire. The red guys are also something else that we oh, found yeah, yeah. out right. midway through struggling, playing a level over and over and over again. Yeah, because the yellow guys definitely aren't resistant to fire. No, well, the yellow guys are lighter, and you can throw them further, and they carry bombs. Yeah. The red guys are the guys you start out with, and they are fire resistant. The blue guys are water resistant. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we finally got around the planet. It's been on our shelf just sitting there for a long time, and I people really always like bring it. it up. So, yeah, I like it a lot. We probably won't get much playing this weekend together. I'm anticipating being on call all weekend. I'm guessing we won't be playing much other than maybe a Harvest Moon level here and there. Well, why don't you talk about that? You've been playing that a lot. This this is in – we're into the shopping section now. This is what we we bought the last – Yeah. Two weeks. It's good. I, it took me a while. The It's the first Harvest Moon game to completely rely on touchscreen controls and that you cannot walk around the environment using the D-pad. Okay, so it's like uh, Phantom Hourglass, the Zelda game. 
Yes, where you point on the touch screen and you walk there. Okay. Do you have to make them roll at all? No. <laughs> There's no making them roll. But I I had a lot of trouble with the nuances between whether or not you lightly touch the touch screen when you're holding something versus, like, let's say I point to a spot on my field and I touch this touch screen, I'll walk there. Right. Let's say I touch a spot on my field that has something in that spot. I walk there, and if I touch it again, I pick it up. Okay. So sometimes you end up picking up things that you didn't intend to pick up while you're trying to, like, let's say I'm trying to chop wood. Because I have to use the, like, there there's four little circles down in the corner that correspond to the four uh, buttons, A, B, X, and Y. Okay. Are they still called that on the DS? I'm, I'm just going to yeah. go with A, B, X, and Y. Yeah, that's so. You can't actually use A, B, X, and Y, the buttons. You just click on the, the button on the screen. That's kind of strange. So let's say I've got my axe assigned to A, and I click on A, which pulls out the axe. Okay. And then I click on the piece of wood, which should chop the piece of wood. That'll work. But then you got to walk to the next piece of wood. And if you accidentally click, or click, I keep saying click, if you accidentally point to mm-hmm. the piece of wood without it being selected by the stylus, which okay. is kind of hard to explain, then you pick it up instead of chopping it. Okay. So that was kind of a little that, awkward to me. That sounds like it. It was awkward. It was definitely awkward. You've gotten the hang of it now, though, right? Now I'm fine. Okay, because you've been it playing me, it. It took me a week and a half. Okay, you've been playing it nonstop when you've had uh, when you've had any free time. Well, and the menu system is a lot easier with the stylus and the DS touch screen. I like that a lot. The other thing I don't like is it took me forever to figure out that if I'm holding something above my head, <clears throat> and I like point and hold down on the Dia stylus to some place in the world, I'll throw it to get rid of it. Okay. Yeah, it took me probably playing this game for four hours to figure out how to throw away, like throw back down things that I had picked up. So I had all these sticks that I had accidentally picked up while I was trying to chop wood. You had a stick pile? I had a stick pile that I couldn't, <laughs> I, I was just carrying them around. I couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, well, this is stupid. You can't throw stuff. And finally, once, I just did it on accident. And I was like, okay. I don't know. I'm not also not a direction reader. So the controls may have been easily explained by the manual. You're not a direction reader, but we have the strategy guide. You're a strategy guide reader. Right. Which didn't talk about the controls. Okay. So now, anyway, are you playing as a guy or a girl? A girl. Okay. Other than that, it's what you'd expect from a Harvest Moon game. It's a different environment, so it's not that same town layout that we're familiar with because for 10 years now, Natsumi hasn't really changed the game at all. Maybe a little. I, Mel- Magic Melodies was a little different. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's been the same. It okay. feels a little so different. So they're, they're on an island this time, I'm guessing, because it's Island of Happiness. Yeah, they intentionally were just leaving the town behind to go settle on an island. They were probably bored from being there for 10 years. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. All right, so we've talked enough about Harvest Moon. <laughs> All right, and in a similar style game, we also picked up uh, Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise for the 360. Um, and you played that last night after I went to bed at No, I didn't. I was going to, but I I just decided uh, to play, like, Shred Nebula and try out that gin rummy game and everything you like didn't, that. You didn't try the uh, 
the importing the cards? No, we got it from Target, which Target gives you five extra um, of these cards, but they're not really good cards. Like at E three, the Viva Pinata cards were like actual like trading card type things. Right, they were heavy cards. The ones that come they in the Target, yeah, the ones that come in the Target thing are just kind of like printed on pieces of paper. Yeah, that, that was a letdown. Yeah, so you get five extra of those, and you can scan those into the the vision camera, and then it gives you whatever it is on the card in the game. Right. Uh, so I haven't tried that yet. Um, but we'll try that this week and talk about it next week, I'm sure, because it's Viva Pinata. We love it. Yeah, we do. I'm excited. And I have Monday off, so I'm looking at a lot of Viva Pinata playing time. So last episode, uh, which seems like forever ago, we had a contest for two copies of Fable 2 Pub Games for the Xbox Live Arcade. And CAG Lyric 706 was generous enough to throw in a third copy of Fable Pub Games. And our contest was what summer of Xbox Live game are you most excited about or enjoyed the most? The winners, we have Frugan, who said Bionic Commando, so far, was really enjoying that game. We had Duggarus, who also said Bionic Commando. I love that game on NES back in the day. Already bought it on Xbox Live. And then we had Jammin' Bunny, who said Braid. I love the time control gimmick, one of the most original and fun games I've bought on Xbox Live Arcade. And those were both good choices. So all three of you winners should PM ship to get your code for your free copy of Fable 2 Pub Games. Actually, I'll don't bother with PMing me. I, I have your name, so I can just PM you the codes. Oh. So I'll, I'll wait. Uh, that makes more sense. I'll wait a day or two. That way, uh, if you like being surprised on the on the You won't ruin the surprise. Podcast, I won't ruin the surprise, but okay. they'll get them. Now this week, part of what makes our show different and special, other than being an AM version, is that we have a great new uh, interview with James Montemagno, who is Mott's CTG on CAG, who is part of Crunch Time Game Studio, who developed Shred Nebula, the yeah. Xbox Live Arcade game that came out this week, and we talked to him a lot about his game, so we are going to... We're going to roll that interview roll right that now. interview. is Shipwreck along with Shipwreck and we're here with James Montemagno, also known as Mott CTG on CAG, part of the development studio Crunch Time Games. And yeah, they have a new game coming out for Xbox Live Arcade this week called Shred Nebula and he's going to tell us a little bit about it. First of all, James, uh, could you tell us a little bit about Crunch Time Games and like your role there? Sure, absolutely. Um, Crunch Time Games was a, it's a very independent studio out in Chandler, Arizona. We're 100% self-funded. We started up in 2003 as a contract-type um, studio. They did some work for Blizzard and the Collective and things like that. Oh, wow, that's big time there. Yeah, we did a little work. Uh, James Goddard, who runs the studio, he did Turbo, Street Fighter II, Hyper Fighting, and Street Fighter Championship Edition, all those big oh, titles okay. for the coin ops. And he's worked on, those are like, you know, the in the back in the day, he's worked on a lot of stuff. He did some work on like World of Warcraft, uh, Starcraft, Ghost, even though it's a ghost right now. Um, right. <laughs> I used to do a lot of stuff like uh, Buffy the Va- Vampire Slayer, um, Indiana Jones, quite a bit of games we've worked on there of our contract that he's worked on. And then start. Oh, those are good games. I like those. Yeah, for some pretty good stuff because he's um, really good for balancing and character design, everything like that. He's he's pretty much amazing. 
And so we started Shred Nebula about two and a half years ago, I guess now. And it was going to be our first independent full game. I came on about two years ago now. I was still in school. I went to the University of Advancing Technology out in Tempe here. Um, I just happened to meet him. I was working at GameStop, and I was like, yeah, I'm going for game programming. And he's like, oh, check it out, and met up with him. And uh, So when he walked into the store, he just walked in, and he, you knew right away who he was? or I, I had no idea. <laughs> I'm not going to okay. lie. I, he walked in, and he's like, I'm looking for some games. I'm like, okay, well, we got lots of them. And did, did, you get, <laughs> did you get him to reserve something and, and tell him to trade in his games? I did tell him to trade in his games, and I asked him if he had any games to trade in. Unfortunately not. He just wanted the. He had just worked on the Mark Echo game, and we had a standee, and that's what he was inquiring about. So I gave him the standee. Oh, okay. I'm, that, I'm that kind of guy. But then well, he told me like what cool. he does, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to be in the game industry. <laughs> so worked out. I just sent him some few emails back and forth, and I started an internship. When I was still in school, I was only in my like fifth semester there. So I started as like a just a gameplay programmer, and I went on to yeah. do like effects, tools programming. Nice thing with our studios, we're pretty small. We only have about eight people in the studio or so. A few programmers, a few um, artists, tester, and then James. And the big thing with Crunch Time is that it's all fresh new guys, like fresh in the industry. All of our guys are um, either were in college or just fresh out of college a year or two. So Shred Nebula is full, you know, fresh people into the industry and it's, it's something sort of amazing when you watch the videos what it actually looks like like these are first time guys first time doing anything so yeah it looks the the video looks awesome now what exactly did you work on it with the game pretty much all the programmers that have sort of touched all essence i guess of the game i did i sort of whenever people ask me i'm like well, i make the game look pretty so okay um, pretty much all the explosions, the particle effects. Um, I worked a little all bit on polishing. shaders. Was like what I started and I started with, and then I sort of did some tool programming to sort of streamline the process, which was pretty fun. And then I went on to like gameplay, helping um, balance some of the ships. Pretty much the designers, they'd come to me and they're like, "I need this system. I need this ship to rock a certain way, or I need it to glide a certain way, but I want it to be simplified." You know, they don't want to know the complex mathematics behind whatever is going on, you know. So they come to me, I'd implement the system and be like, just enter some numbers and it'll do it, pretty much. So. Very cool. Now, when the game uh, was started in development, was, like, the goal all, all along to get it on Xbox Live Arcade? Or how did the whole Microsoft and Arcade thing work out? I think the process, um, really, I think, was that when the Xbox 360 came out, I think James initially just saw with Geometry Wars, like, here's this whole new brand new market that you don't have to have this huge, ridiculous budget for. People are into it. Into it. You don't have to have these huge, ridiculous games. You can do something unique, and it's like a perfect opportunity. So it was sort of before WiiWare was really announced or the PSN games were really announced at all. So we just directly went I think just with the Xbox Live Arcade, because we all had 360s and were loving Geometry Wars at the time. So so there's quite a few twin-stick shooters out there, um, and you've already brought up Geometry Wars, which is probably the most well-known on Xbox Live Arcade. So what does what makes Shred Nebula stand out? Well, what the, do you think's the coolest thing that's different? Well, the cool thing I was telling Ship earlier when we were talking was that Shred Nebula really isn't like anything else 
on Xbox Live Arcade, a lot of people, it comes off that it is a twin-stick shooter. There's okay. a, there's essence where you do use it as a twin-stick shooter, but it's not fully twin-stick shooter because it's more of a cross between a lot of people have compared it to, like, subspace and continuum and asteroids, but, like, asteroids juiced up on steroids, sort of. Because okay. there's actual physics in the game, so when you're gliding, you're actually thrusting your ship with the trigger, so you're actually moving your ship. You're not just moving okay. a direction, it's going. So you, and then Oh, okay, so it's not just a move the left stick, shoot with the right stick. Exactly. Where your ship is pointed is where you're shooting. Okay. So that's the real distinct thing, is you actually have more control over your ship, what you're doing. Um, not only that, there's all the, sh- the, all the ships are very unique in the game, so they all have their own special abilities, special weapons, they feel different, they fly different, they straight some strafe, some, you know, have, you know, super turbos and all this crazy stuff because they were designed around a fighting type game because that's the background of Crunch Time Games is this fighting studio. Right. So each of the ships are unique where they have counters for each other. Um, they, as I said, they all control differently. And there's really nothing else like that in space, at least, that's out on the market. So it's really pretty cool since there's, like, the, the online mode is pretty ridiculous, so... Now, when you said, like, the ships have counters for each other and everything, I see, like, on the website it says that you have your normal attack, your special attack, and then I think there was another kind of attack. I don't remember what it was. But in the videos, it looks like you can, like, maybe throw up a shield or block somehow, too. Could you explain, like, how those different mechanics work? Sure, yeah. The shield was probably one of the most intense things that we really worked on for the ships to standardize that. And so every every ship has a primary special, and then a secondary. And then beyond that, they also have, there's different pickups in the game. Obviously, you have your standard, like, health pickups and, like, turbo pickups, stuff like that. But there's, like, overdrive pickup, which allow your ships to go into, like, this turbo mode almost, where they're shooting faster, flying faster, and things like that, um, which is really cool. But the shield, for example, is cool because not only is it just a normal shield, but we also implemented it so it's a reflect shield. So if you time it correctly with a good, you'll hold down, like, the right bumper to shield, and then you click it again in a specific amount of time, and it'll actually go into reflect mode, and you can actually reflect primary and like even some of the homing bullets around on the ships. And there's some pretty cool videos if, on, that, you, that you can watch where you can actually sit there and go back and forth just shooting each other, reflecting bullets back and forth. Okay, so it's kind of like a uh, timing-based thing, like some of the Star Wars games. I don't know if you played many of those like where you reflect the shots back with the lightsaber and everything yeah absolutely and the cool thing that we also did is that when you it obviously costs you you have a shield meter and a health meter your shield meter it'll drain when you're using the shield but when you reflect it'll cost you some of your um, shield meter but if you successfully reflect bullets you'll actually get a little bit back so it'll allow you to actually gain some of the shield back to be used so it's kind of cool if you get really good at it you can keep going back and forth yeah, it's kind of like a risk-reward type type thing there. Yeah, we try to implement it so it's like pick up and play, but then harder to master type gameplay. But play. still challenging. Exactly. Okay. One of the things that, that we always look for in games, obviously, is what kind of multiplayer is available. Because so many games either only have online multiplayer, they don't do local co-op, we can't play them together unless one of us is... You know, upstairs on an Xbox, downstairs on an Xbox. So what kind of multiplayer modes are there? Well, the awesome thing with Shred Nebula is that we try to implement as much as we could. Obviously, so we're first time and we have restrictions. But our main mode is the deathmatch mode, 
which is like dogfighting online, which is uh, up to eight players online, either ranked or player matches. And you have the ability to pick from eight different ships, which I said like before, they're all unique and different that you can master. So that gives the players a pretty wide variety of different ships to pick from and different types of gameplay. As I said, they're all controlled differently. But with the multiplayer, you know, you can just do one player online, but then we also have online split screen. Um, so, like, okay. you two can play together um, online, which is really cool. Obviously, only in player match, but still quite a bit more than what some games offer. Absolutely. Now, as far as achievement-wise, can both players get the achievements playing at the same time? That's a good question, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't have an answer. Okay. Uh, well, we, can, we can test that out. I, th- I believe you do. Wednesday, I believe you do. Okay. Actually, I'm going to say that you do. All right, we'll, t- we'll take you up on that. We'll, we'll find out for sure. Wednesday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that we do, because like, another cool mode that we really have is um, a lot of the achievements, you can actually go, I think the achievements were leaked like a month ago or so. Someone on, Of course they were. Yeah. Every, every one of them is. Yeah, someone on CAG found them somewhere. They didn't leak them, but they found the link to the leak. And um, We have a few, I think a few achievements online, but a lot are offline um, as well through the single player. And there's this cool mode called Score Attack, which is sort of like, just like 20 plus some odd levels of just waves upon waves of enemies and bosses and you can play that also split screen as well and that's where you'll you two will get a lot of achievements sweet we like achievements achievements are fun now as far as uh in the future is there any plans to add any downloadable content yet or are there plans like do you guys going to keep developing xbox live arcade games or anything for the future of uh of your company time for current time, absolutely. Um, I can't comment too much on future. I know I will say that we are going to support Shred Nebula 100%, if that's any indication. Um, okay. James had announced on X-Play uh, about a week or so back that we're planning to have a huge tournament early next year. We're raising funds, um, hopefully upwards in of like $50,000 or so, of different prizes and cash prizes and stuff like that to do a huge online tournament. Very nice. So that's kind of cool. And as far as pricing goes, it's coming out for 800 Microsoft points? 800 Microsoft Ten. points, $10. We've From day one when we announced the game, that was, we're not budging, it's $10. It's what it is. It's a great, great price for the game. You get a lot out of it. The single player is huge. All the multiplayer uh, modes and things like that. It's a great value. It's a phenomenal game, in my opinion. I mean, I did work on it, but you know. You also had mentioned that you have some copies to give away to, for CAGs? Absolutely, yeah, that was a big thing. Um, I'm a huge um, CAG myself, and a bunch of others are in the studio. I've been a CAG for, I don't know, years upon years now, uh, different different usernames. But, um, yeah, we have five copies of the game we want to give away to CAG members. And I really haven't thought of a, any specific contest, but I was thinking maybe perhaps, you know, obviously starting up a thread and then maybe picking out like your favorite feature of the game or what you're most looking forward to in Shred Nebula or something like that. I don't know what you guys think. Oh yeah, we can I definitely think that do that. that sounds like a great contest. Yeah, and I guess uh, we're getting together with you guys, some guys from uh, Crunch Time Games. We're going to play online with you guys later this week. That sounds good. I'll Talk- be really bad. Well, uh, oh, that's another thing. I saw that there's a feature where uh, if you play the co-op mode, that the good player doesn't get penalized for how the bad player is doing? Yeah, you can put it in that mode. There's a couple of different ways to do it. So you can play like either like sort of together or against each other, I think, how you, how you want to play. Like if you play in... Um... So I'll, I'll run down the different modes for everyone real quick. Basically, you have your arcade adventure, which is your main single-player game, and it's set up so you can do multiple pathings through it because there's different... Um 
unlockable secret levels to go through. Then you have your score attack, which is waves upon waves of enemies and bosses, and that's the mode you can play co-op in. So, yeah, like, pretty much you're playing together through it. So if, if you're hit by, like, if Mrs. Ship just decides to hit you over and over again, you're not going to get penalized for that. And you have um, a separate score and a shared score together, so you can sort of see how um, you're doing. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll we'll look forward to checking that out. Oh yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> but we are going to have you on again uh, next week after we've played it to talk about the game some more. Yeah, it'd be fun to play a little um, online multiplayer with you. I want to get some of the guys on from the studio, and hope we won't we won't beat you guys too bad. I swear. Oh, well, yeah, you've thank had you for you've that. had considerable more practice. We've all, I've only had about two years of experience, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right, thanks for taking the time to talk to us about the game, and we're looking forward to it coming out on this Wednesday. This Wednesday, this Wednesday, eight hundred Microsoft points. Come on, CAG community, get behind us. CAG developed. I don't know if there's any other it CAG is. developed games, but that's what I've been stressing on the board. So there, there was one other one on the WiiWare, the the one where you fenced in Barney. Oh yeah, that was the name cool. of that right now. Critter Run, Critter Roundup. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this game is CAG developed and is available for win via contest, which always, always makes people excited. Yeah, so get your entries in on that, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, James. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it again, guys. So this week, our contest is going to revolve around Shred Nebula. Uh, James, or Mott CTG, was generous enough to donate us five copies of Shred Nebula for Xbox Live Arcade, along with five Crunch Time Games t-shirts. Courtesy of, of course, Crunch Time Games. So the contest this week is what features interest you the most about Shred Nebula, or for those of you who have been playing it, what did you like the most about it? So post in the separate forum to enter the contest, and five lucky winners will receive a copy of Shred Nebula and a Crunch Time Games t-shirt. Yeah, and I have been playing it, and I'll give my impressions when we get to on the DL a little later in the show. Perfect. So that brings us to the new releases. There have been a lot. Um, it is that time of the year. It is. It's getting to be that time of the year. <laughs> the time are... when we're struggling just to get through the games every week. <laughs> yeah. We are full on in it right now. Yeah. Uh, so starting off multi-platform. Yes. We have Defending the Penguin, which you thought was a hysterical title and were really interested. I did. And... <laughs> Yeah, when we were dividing these up, you were you were. Oh, okay. I think I was just humorous because I was giving you this game. Um, yeah, I did not realize that this is a real time strategy that is geared toward the young gamer. Previous last week, we had a RPG that was geared toward the young gamer, which of course I will be talking about later in the show. <laughs> but uh, two releases this week are are. Games that are on, one is an RPG light and one is a real-time strategy light that are geared toward, I would say, like, 10 years old. And in this one, you're a penguin who is defending your penguin colony from wildlife trying to eat you. Huh. I mean, it's definitely trying to cash in, I would guess, on that, that penguin craze from a couple years ago when we had Happy yeah. Feet and Surf's Up and March of the Penguins. Seems a little late. I guess, uh, and maybe uh, we haven't played this game in a long time. But is is that on our PlayStation Three uh, Pixel Junk Monsters? Is that considered a strategy? That is considered a strategy game. It's it's 
most specifically a tower defense game? I guess what I'm concerned about with these titles is, I mean, aren't there really good titles out there that are probably simplistic enough to have a young gamer jump into this genre of gaming? Pixel Junk Monsters definitely... Would be a good one. Yeah, I've listened to other podcasts, and I think uh, uh, John Davidson from uh, 1UP and whattheyplay.com, he plays with his, like, five- or six-year-old son. So, uh, I mean, little kids definitely can get Pixel Junk Monsters. But this is another one that, you know... If you have a gamer who's younger and looking for something a little different, might enjoy. Uh, we also get to talk about Facebreaker, which is EA's new uh, arcade-style boxing game. It's very cartoonish. You have all these characters that have their different personas. Um, I'm not a good... Well, I don't know. I'm not a good person to preview this game because I, I'm, I don't like boxing games. But um, if I was going to play a boxing game, an arcade-style, cartoonish-looking boxing game would be what I would play. Okay. I played the demo of this. What did you think of it? Um, a lot of people hated it. I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, Always it, a good preview when you start off by saying, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> well, I'm not going to buy it for full price. No. But I, I kind of liked the demo. Like I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, it definitely is trying to recapture the ready to rumble feel uh do you remember that well, game on the dreamcast yeah and you should since you brought that up we should point out that this is developed by the same team that did fight night round three. Oh, it is so they've got familiarity with developing it's nothing like fight night right there i couldn't tell that at all by playing it um, well then that's just a little known fact yeah um it's very simple to to pick up uh it seems like the kind of game that You'd be able to play with your friends that don't play games a lot. Like that, I think it's kind of going for that casual gamer uh, because, from what I could tell, there it's not like you're stringing together these amazing combos or anything. I mean, you you get combos, but it's all just like a a x a x a x y like, and you the way that the dodging works is the same buttons as the punching. So so if I'm say just hitting a repetitively to punch. A is low punch. Occasionally, I will dodge as well. Right. A is low punch. Without meaning to. Yeah. A is low punch. X is high punch. So if you happen to hit those buttons, and it says hold, but I was just hitting them and doing it. If you hit those and the other person is trying to throw that punch, then you dodge out of the way and and counter. So, I I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. And it's coming out for the 360 and the PS3 right now, and there is a Wii version of it coming later. But Target has a $10 gift card that you get if you buy it from there. Target or Circuit City? Uh, Circuit City does. Target doesn't usually give away $10 gift cards. They do on a, on a different game coming up. Okay. That's where I got it messed up in my head. Well, this week, it's if you want to buy Facebreaker, buy it at Circuit City. Don't listen to Ship and buy it at Target. Or, I don't know, maybe he'll send you a $10 gift card That's for Target. But I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. Uh, Ferrari Challenge. Trofeo Pirelli. Yeah, that one came out last week for a weird like variety of systems. It came out the DS, the, the DS, the PS2, the Wii, and the PS3. So the Microsoft got snubbed on that release, huh? Yeah, I think it's kind of weird. Like I, that is a weird gathering of platforms because it looks really good on the Wii. Like this is for realism and graphics, it looks uh, like one of the best games I've seen on the Wii. Um, this is kind of like a sim 
arcade mix. It's more more towards the sim side of racing. Okay. And but it does have some arcade aspect. Well, just the way the cars kind of like react and everything. It's kind of an arcade. Less style. realistic at yeah, that point. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. But it's got 32 different uh, Ferraris in it, um, which isn't. I mean, when, that's the problem with going with one maker, like. Right. I, and I'll be honest, I think I could – I'm not sure that I would be able to tell the difference between 32 different Ferraris, but maybe that's just me. Oh, you would because they go all the way back to like Unless we're counting color. <laughs> well, they're all red. <laughs> well, see, now I would want my Ferrari to be a different color. Well, you can. There's like a livery in there that you can like apply decals and stuff to your car and, and mm. paint it and everything. Um it's been getting decent reviews, so if you are looking for a racer, particularly for the Wii or the PS3, since uh, there's not much out there for this kind of uh, more hardcore type of racing for those systems. Um, now it's the fall. Mm-hmm. And... It's tough to recommend games that are just okay in the fall. It is. Well, and the other thing I remember about is last fall... Was when I went to Circuit City and the guy had no idea what Forza was. So I'm thinking, when is the next Forza game coming out? That's not, not a yearly occurrence, No, correct? no, not for a while. Uh, actually, this week they came out with a $20 version of uh, a Platinum Hits version of Forza 2. So I'm just thinking that... Since it is the fall, yeah, there might it might be difficult to recommend games that are just okay because there's probably chances are something that's not just okay coming out that might fit your tastes as well. So we'll try and be a little bit more uh, conservative in what we recommend, knowing that there's going to be everything in the kitchen sink coming out within the next, I don't know, how many well, months I'll still is it until the, Christmas? I'll still make the same, that looks kind of interesting comments. Because my, yeah, but if we bought every game doesn't... that you think looks interesting, oh yeah, we can't do it. We would have to buy a bigger house with a bigger basement. Yeah, we—it's just impossible. There's too many games. Okay, so let's move on. Mercenaries Two: World in Flames. Uh, Wombat and I talked about this briefly. I still haven't played it for some reason. I'm just not that interested in it. And you don't know why? I—I'm not Were sure. Were you interested really? in Mercenaries One? One. I played about half of it, and it was good, but then... Uh, Something else came out and distracted you? <laughs> well, it's an open-world game, like GTA, that type of thing. Right. So you play those for a while, and then at least I do, and then it's just like, okay, I've seen what all these different missions types are. I know what it has to offer. And this one, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it took so long to come out. It's It took two or three years in development. Um, You're just not that excited about it. I'm just it. not that excited about it. I, people are enjoying well, it. I was not that it. excited about Oblivion when you put it in the 360 for the first time, and look where that got me. Um, moving on. N Plus was out this last week. Yeah, for the DS and the PSP. It's I, been out on the Xbox Live Arcade right, and uh, the downloadable. Yeah, the downloadable scene. Um, I played the DS version at uh, E3. And it is definitely in plus. Uh, well, that's good. The graphics on both the PSP and the DS are, of course, a little blurrier than the original. Um, and even though you're just moving a little stick guy around, it does 
kind of make a difference. I don't know. Do you remember what M Plus looks like? No, I don't. It's the game that's just like a complete white screen, and you have a little black stick figure guy. Oh, yeah, and you're trying to get him to walk through the holes or whatever. Through the level. Yeah, through yeah. the level. You have to, like, use kind of, like, running off walls and jumping yeah, around. Yeah, I remember. Everything. It's a very uh, simplistic platformer. Yeah, no, I, rem- I remember. Sti- like, graphically-wise. Would you um, call it a platformer? Is, isn't it more of a puzzle game? It's it's kind of the both. It's it's a it's a platforming puzzle type thing. I mean, it's yeah, the one where you're trying to get through the level with as collecting you turn the, stuff. the level. No, no, no. That that's uh, you're thinking of Crush, or no, you're thinking of Echochrome is what you're thinking of. That's white and black with the little black eye. And yeah, that's walking. Echochrome. No, okay. This is a 2D view. Okay. Where you actually have a little stick figure, like all right, and he can jump really high, and he can jump off the walls and jump back and forth. Maybe you haven't seen me play it before. I don't think I have. Okay, it's a good okay. game. Um, and for $20, you can't go wrong. You can share, create and share levels between the different, uh, both, like PSPs can share with PSPs and DSs can share with DSs. Um, and from what I played at E3, I liked it. There was co-op mode. Okay, uh, moving on. That's enough. N+. plus. Sure. Let's move on to this next one that you did, NFL <laughs> Head Coach 09. <laughs> so... I- I don't know how I ended up with this on my list, but I did, and it's... Same way you end up with all the stuff I don't want to do. It's it's a football game, kind of, but it's really just for people who are extremely OCD. You have to manage all your players and manage their workouts and the playbook, and you have to call plays during the game, but there's no actual football being played. Well, it's on the screen, but you're not playing it. It's right. really strange. Like, there's a demo of it out there, and it's very overwhelming, and it's not all that fun once you get to the games. At least I wasn't having fun with it. Uh, the animations for the characters when you're watching them, I know this isn't what the game's about, and I know the roots that this come from are all those soccer managers where you wouldn't even get graphics of the game. you just get a text, like text scrolling that was telling you what was going on. So uh, choppy animations is better than... Just scrolling text, I suppose. Yeah, but, but I man, I don't this know. this is a very specific market. And yeah. the weird thing is, this actually came out yesterday as a downloadable game on the PSN as well. So you can download this for fifty dollars or buy it in the store for fifty dollars. But it's going to take up five gigs on your hard drive if you if you download. Well, this. and maybe I'm just making this up because I am the one that previewed it. But can't you input your? You can input some of the plays you develop on. NFL head coach into Madden right. and use them. Right. So there's some cross playability there. If you're really into Madden and you wish that Madden had less football playing, then maybe you should pick up NFL head coach 09. The odd thing to me too, when I was playing it, since it's all about making trades and like picking up free agents and everything, I was you play the Colts versus the Bears in the demo, and I I'm. I didn't really make too many moves on my team. Okay. Because like, this, is, this is the Colts. So you kind of left it how it was. Yeah, this is, this is and fine. And the Bears won. No, I didn't make it all the way through the game. I was winning when I, when I turned it off. Okay. But the Bears had Sean Alexander as the running back, who wasn't even in the league anymore. And they had Anthony Wright as their quarterback, who doesn't play for the Bears. I, mean, it's, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. So they were picking up all these free agents that were out there. And... I don't know. It, it just was like, okay, this isn't the NFL. Hmm. It almost seems like it's a fantasy football game. 
Well, let's just move on. Okay, let's move on to Rapala's Fishing Frenzy. Yeah, and the only reason why this wasn't on my list to preview is because I automatically, when you say something about Rapala, go, no, no. <laughs> it's the same thing with, uh, what's the hunting game? Um, Cabela? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah I, so I, I, do, I do have some standards. Um, I really didn't do too much uh, research on this game. Fair enough. At uh, least you're being honest. The Wii version I know comes... It's $10 more, but it comes with a fishing rod attachment for your Wiimote. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. I did see somebody buying last year's Rapala fishing game at Best Buy when I was there earlier in the week. Were they confused? Well, they, I don't I don't know how informed they were. I, I was tempted to say, hey, man, just wait one more week and the new one's out. But uh, You should have. I, I didn't. I didn't know how much they would care. Well, who cares? You're never going to see them again. No, but... You really think I should have gone out to the guy in Best Buy buying the fishing game and saying, hey, man, well, there's where one Well, where was he? Was week. he already in line? No, he was picking it up off the rack. Then, yes, you should have just acted like you were looking at games next to where he was looking at games and gone, hey, that one's coming out next week, the new version. And then, A, he either thinks, who cares? I think he would have thought along. I was a weirdo. Seriously? Yeah, he's just like, dude, I'm just picking up a fishing game. Do you think the people that pick up the fishing games, like... Care, I stopped like, some little girl by, from buying Pony Friends or whatever that game was. Fair enough. Fair enough. You have this knowledge. You need to use it. Well, what's my knowledge going to be on this game? That it, the new one's coming out. With a... Oh, I guess I could have told him the new one had a fishing rod with it. Was he buying the Wii version? Yeah, he was buying the Wii version. Sorry, dude, at Best <laughs> Buy. I, I hope that version worked out for you. I hope you don't have buyer's remorse. My goodness. Clearly not a uh, a listener of our show. Oh, wait. <laughs> that would have been too late. Yeah. See? <laughs> well, I, last week, we had the uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 09 come out, and I really enjoyed playing the demo. I played the demo for about an hour. Um, the biggest thing, which most everybody who was really looking forward to this game probably knows and already bought it, is that you have kind of the new... Um, a performance coach that's very similar to Madden IQ, where after you play a couple holes, it analyzes your pros and right. the how pros and the cons of how you've been playing, and then it suggests these little uh, mini games almost that you can go through and play and earn points to improve your skills. So I thought that was really cool. The other thing you could do is customize your uh, clubs so that if you consistently slice the ball or you know, you can kind of adjust your clubs to take that into account to make you better. So those two things were kind of fun. Um, the Wii version also has Wiimote control, so you can actually physically do the whole golfing motion thing. Um, this is the game that, at Target, they're given a $10 gift card with. All of the EA sports games this week, um, uh, like Madden. I don't even, know about NFL though head coach. Even but. though they didn't come out this week? Yeah. They, they have huh. a bunch of the EA sports games. Uh, you're getting a $10 gift card if you purchase the Wii 360 or PS3 version. And there was a good um, – Desert Eagle wrote a really good preview or review of this game after it came out. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah. He I liked would assume it. It, it seemed really solid to me. I he, talked about it a little bit on the he made tag a comment play forecast. That, he made a comment that I really liked because I kind of fit this profile. He said, the people that have gotten away from the Tiger Woods franchise and are back are going to appreciate it more because they won't have all the negativity from the last 
game in their head. Okay, that might be me because apparently I, didn't... I didn't play Tiger Woods Await at all because uh, I think it was DJ Steele uh, came up and and posted that last year's version, in fact, had that triple click interface as well, where you can switch where between. You can go back and forth. Yeah, I I guess I said on the on the Cat that, that was new. That, that was new. Yeah, because it I obviously didn't play last year's at all. So you know, I I think it was fun. I've I don't know. I like golf games. They're probably the first game I ever played was a golf game on my dad's laptop when laptops were like huge and new and all green screen. Like it was all, you know, mm-hmm. beautiful graphics. But anyway. Yeah, it was beautiful. Should... You'd like start up the game and then all you'd watch as all the trees were drawn in individually. All <laughs> the trees pixelated by. Um, okay, so moving on to the Wii. I have three games coming out that are coming out for the Wii. Freddy Fish, Kelp Seed Mystery, Pajama Sam, uh, Don't Fear the Dark, and Spy Fox and Dry Cereal. The reason why I lumped them all together is these are all PC franchises that have been brought over to the Wii. These are all like kids' titles, right? They are. They're kids' titles. Um, they're pretty fun. I mean, these these three characters have been around for a while because I remember babysitting when I was like 14 and I had a little kid that I used to babysit for that loved these games on the PC. They're kind of edutainment, but they're not heavy on the education. It's point-and-click adventures where you might have to match up the shapes or you know do various things. They're solid titles for kids. So if you have a kid and you're looking for something new on the Wii, I would definitely recommend these, especially at the $20 price point. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Majesco, I saw, signed another deal to bring out some more of the uh, educational kids' titles, too. So they're Well, and there's supposed to be more like sequels to all these games as well. So uh, Super Mario, Mario Super Sluggers. I really think it needs to be Super Mario Super Sluggers, because I keep saying that. Yeah, it's kind of weird now that you mention that. That it's just Mario and not... Isn't everyone else's, you know, Super Mario... Well, I mean, some of the sports games have odd names, but it's kind of weird that they use Super in there and not before the Mario. But, okay. Anyway. Baseball game with Mario. Yes. Um, let's see. There are some... Hmm. Anything interesting that... Uh... It's Mario Baseball. It's Mario Baseball. I, yeah. We talked about it a little bit on, on the, the control. You can use the classic controller or you can use the Wiimote, uh, anything else. There's there's quite a few different control schemes, which is good. So you can uh, everyone should be able to find something that they like to, I don't know. The fielding's supposed to be a little quirky. Eh. I think you could say that about it's any Mario baseball, baseball game. All right, so moving on to the DS, Digimon World Championship came out last week. I apparently previewed it, but uh, to be honest, Digimon, yeah. not really a game I'm a franchise I'm hu- hugely familiar with. So this is um, not an RPG title like the rest of the Digimon games. This is a monster battler with some RPG elements thrown in, as well as some strategy elements. So. I don't. I don't really. That's, that's a lot of different uh, genres and elements that that you're uh, yeah. talking about uh-huh. there, vaguely. <laughs> okay, so the thing that surprises me is that this is the first Digimon World Championship. I could have sworn that there's been names or games with that name before that had numbers after them and everything. Well, I read a couple previews by people who actually liked the Digimon games, and mm-hmm. someone called it crap. And someone okay. else said it was a chore to play. So at that point, I just kind of stopped previewing it. 
That that sounds fine. Because I don't even really like those games. Okay. Well, uh, let's move on to something that looks interesting to me then. There's From the Abyss. Okay. Uh, which came out last week for the DS. And this is an action RPG similar to The Secret of Mana. Oh, I like those games. Um, well, yeah, there was one very good. The Secret of Mana for the Super Nintendo was like the best Mana game, and then the rest of them kind of haven't lived up to that too much. Correct. But this one is a top-down um, hack and slash. You're shooting uh, like your little magic attacks at everybody. Um, kind of uh, like a Zelda-type view. Okay. Um, and there's only local co-op. That's the bad thing about it. And you can't go through the storyline. Okay. It's just like one dungeon that you go into and you try to find like rare items that you can then use with your character in the main game. But uh, I want to try this out. I, I've I've seen it, but I haven't picked it up yet because it's $30, and it is that time of year. Uh, Harvest Moon Island of Happiness, uh, we had already talked about. It's $30, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, we you, can... You're enjoying it. I'll play it until I get bored. Uh, also, last week was MLB Power Pros 2008 for the DS... We talked about that for the other systems. Yeah, but it's worth noting that this one, they've removed all of the RPG features and all of the story mode. Um, this was actually going to, this was kind of the version I thought I was going to get because right. I thought I would play it more in a portable form. But now it's it's only got a playoff mode, a single game exhibition, and a home run derby. Oh. It took out, like the gameplay is still there, but it took out the game. Like, this is almost just like a demo, almost. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't know why they did that, but... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, now we got to go to the PS2 version, and now, I don't know, it might be too late. Like, none of the reds are on there anymore. Like, we traded away all our players. Yeah, there's no real need for you to buy this. Moving on. Again, another game that we really have no need to buy is My Chinese Coach. Although these My Language Coach games are supposed to be pretty good games. The next one's going to sell really well. My Japanese Coach? Yeah. Yeah. Because there are a lot of gamers. There are a lot of Americans living in Japan. Well, there are a lot of gamers that want to be able to read read Japanese so they can import games. Or they've imported games and want to know what they say. And Yeah, the Japanese one's going to sell really well. Well, yeah, but, and this is what I, what I don't know even about the Chinese game, is it's not the... The characters? Yeah. The little Chinese... Uh, like, I don't, I don't think you learn how to like, write with the characters, like the actual... Well, that's all right. I, I don't need to know how to but write. But a lot of the games have the characters and not just the actual... And I can't remember, there's an actual term for whether or not you're using the characters versus just the, how the how everything sounds. Right, the English alphabet versus the symbols. Right, exactly. So I don't know... Most of the games don't use the English alphabet. They actually have the symbols. Right. So that's this might not help you. But I don't know. Okay, we'll we'll see. So also last week for the DS, because the DS is really easy to make games for, is Pictionary. <laughs> no, no, it's Picto Image. Pictionary. <laughs> Picto Image. It's it's uh, yeah. You draw things and you, your friends try to guess what they are. Yeah, you hand the DS back and forth. Which the DS already does. Yeah, that's what that's actually what some reviewer said. Is he said there's already a little like a the spot where you can draw things 
And yeah, he said, that's escaping my mind what that's called right now because like, I've never I don't know, used whatever it. Whatever the tablet, I don't know, whatever it's called. But, but why not just make your own Pictionary game? Well, yeah, it's already in the DS. It's built into the system. Well, I... I guess if you can't come up with your own clues... I'm not going to buy it anyway. Okay, so the Quest Trio. I saw this at, at, at GameStop. So did you find out what the third game was? Well, the first two games are Jewel Quest and... Uh, Mahong. Mahong, which are already out as separate games from the same company. Right. The third game is a Jewel Quest Solitaire, like, card game. That counts as the third one? Yeah. Wait, yeah. card game? Yeah, it's, it's a Jewel, Jewel Quest, Quest card, card game. game. That's weird. I, I'm not quite sure what it is. I'm but... not gonna. I'm not going to spend twenty dollars to get those two games and a questionable third. Jewel Quest is a good game, but I don't know. I, mean, I really like Jewel Quest, but it's yeah. it's a bejeweled clone that had kind of uh, interesting. I don't know, little like blockers and everything, and it had interesting like shapes to the to the. Uh, I don't know the. Whatever the... What are you going to call those? I don't know what you're talking about, so I can't fill in there because I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> the boards, like where you were sticking the jewels onto. They had interesting shapes that would permit you from making certain moves and everything like that. That that didn't help at all. We could have just cut that whole sentence out right there. Oh, but we won't. Okay. Raindrops um, is another DS title that was coming out, and it's a... It's a puzzle game where you time some movements, and uh, <laughs> it looked awful. I can't even explain how awful it's a, how awful it is. Fair enough. So I I just decided uh, the DS is hitting a lot of home runs today, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. The Sims Two Apartment Pets. How did I not get this one? Uh, you were supposed to, but it, apparently it never made it to your list, so I, I took over the uh, the responsibilities on this no, one. No, I'm pretty sure that I told you that no, I wasn't doing it. Oh. Um, yeah, it's The Sims 2. You've got apartment pets, so no ponies or anything like that. you got, like, cats and dogs and snakes. Hamsters, probably. Bunnies. And you get to deal with people in apartments and dealing with their pets. I did see that Walmart... You can get an exclusive uh, bike helmet for your dog if you buy it from there. Got it. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Yeah. What? At like a motorcycle bike helmet, I think, for your dog. On The Sims. Yeah. Not a real motorcycle bike helmet for Oh, your no, dog. that would be cool. That okay. would have been a good buy. <laughs> I was like, wait. No. In, Hold on. Inside the game. Yeah, because I remember there was one Sims game that came out that you got a free t-shirt, and there was confusion whether or not... It was a physical t-shirt or a t-shirt for your character? Anything for these Sims games, it's something for in-game. Yeah. You don't okay. get actual Ikea furniture when so, you buy it. moving on to Disgaea 3, coming out for the PlayStation 3. We talked about this on the forecast, Wombat and I did, and there's not really too much I can add. It's a really good... Uh, strategy RPG. S- yeah, turn-based strategy RPG. Um where it's a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics, if you like that type of thing, with a really good sense of humor and really cute art style. Uh, There's a lot of Shaq Fu's on there in your preview. No, no, that's for the next game. We're, are we moving on to Vampire Rain? Well, now we have to. <laughs> yeah, Vampire Vampire Rain uh, Altered Species. 
if you remember, do you remember me talking about Vampire Reign on Xbox 360? No. It came out quite a while ago. Okay. This was the mix of survival horror with Splinter Cell type of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Where you are like this agent that is taking out all these vampires. Got it. And it's raining. Okay. And if they see you, you're pretty much dead. Oh. Because your guns are almost useless. Oh. But you can, if they don't see them, see you and you shoot them, then you're good. Then it's like a one-hit kill. But as soon as they see you, you can't and turn into shoot vampires. Them when you... oh. Well, you, you like flip on your your vampire vision, and then you can tell which people are vampires or not. But they are all vampires. Like, there's hardly anybody <laughs> in the game that's a human. So okay. if they're there, just shoot them. It's, it's not worth the trouble of flipping, flipping on your, just your vision. Them. Just shoot them. Apparently they've changed some stuff. I still I still have my doubts whether or not they changed whether it was good or not. I think we've talked about this game too much already. Vampire Rain. I'm bored Vampire with Rain. this game already. Well, we'll pick it up then. Great. Give it a go. You can hide it in the car for a while. <laughs> uh, moving on to the PlayStation 2 then. Okay. There is DT Carnage, a budget racing game that uh, has some like battling going on with it. It's got a lot of different modes actually where there's a mode where you're in a parking garage and you have to race to get out of it like it's kind of like a maze. And sounds... don't roll your eyes at me. It looks halfway decent for a $15 game. Um, but the rest of them are racing and you pick up power-ups to give you weapons similar to like a Mario Kart where you're where you're running into like boxes or whatever and you pick up the power-up and then you have that weapon for a limited amount of time while you're racing. Um I don't know, $15. And there's nothing coming out for the PSP this week. No. Um, and for the 360, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, Infinite Undiscovery, the latest Square Enix RPG. We've got Tales of Vesperia, which we talked about last week, which was the latest Namco Bandai RPG. We've got so Viva Pinata, yeah. Trouble in Paradise, which is not an RPG. <laughs> no, and we have Warhammer Battle March, which is a real-time strategy game. So out of all those games... That's a lot of dorky games. I've already purchased Viva Pinata. Are you going to buy Tales of Vesperia, the RPG um, from Namco Bandai? It's a lot like Eternal Sonata. It is a lot like... And that was my... Because I think I previewed this one, didn't I? No, I think I did. Um, um, but we both played the demo. Right, and it really has an Eternal Sonata feel to it. Mm-hmm. The art style is slightly different. View, or not Viva Pinata. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really Sonata. different than Viva Pinata. Yeah, Eternal Sonata. They both they both have like a cel shaded art style, but Eternal Sonata almost has like kind of like a watercolor look to it, where this is like straight out anime and Tales of Vesperia. But even like the the menu screens the menus are, are dead on. The way you move around the maps and you have the past paths that you are set on in the 3d space it, it was similar. very much the way you run into enemies that you see on the screen and then go to like a real-time battle is similar um the battling was very similar i it, it really feels like eternal sonata you don't have like the turn-based mixed no, in with the real time that you know it's real time. Just real yeah time. it's just real time but uh, yeah i'll pick it up at some point as far um, as infinite undiscovery it's another real-time uh, action RPG. Uh, I actually haven't read a whole bunch about it, or haven't seen a... I've read stuff about it, but I haven't seen a lot of like gameplay and everything. It's kind of confusing because 
you control one character, but you have 12 characters in your party. Okay. Uh, at any time. You, have, you can have more, but you bring 12 into battle. That's and while you're people. fighting, you can call out to them for, for help, but they're fighting on their own and using their own special abilities. Kind of like in Kingdom Hearts, where you'd have uh, your supporting cast that were doing their own thing, unless you told them to do something specifically. Okay. Uh, so it's got that kind of feel to it. Um, it's your typical kind of cliche RPG like storyline and everything. But it's been getting decent reviews, so I'll pick that up at some point too. Probably won't be picking up Warhammer Battle March, but that's only because we aren't really big RTS. RTS. No, especially not of PC ports to the 360, which this is. This was known as Mark of Chaos on the PC. Okay. Um, and they've added two additional classes to this, and just like general like things, it probably came out in expansion packs for the PC version, honestly. Um, but you can play it with up to four people online, and that's that's pretty much all I want to talk about Warhammer Battle well, March. Uh, the PC games, again this week, Treehouse Gamer was nice enough to preview the PC games, so we'll just mention them. The Sims 2 Apartment Life came out last week. Mm-hmm. Penumbra Requiem came out last week. Um, that's a horror title. Prison Tycoon 4 Supermax. Yeah, that's a uh, prison simulation, apparently. And there's been four of them. Who knew? Huh. Um, And that's it. Yeah, uh, you can check out his previews on those. I did find the Penumbra Requiem preview was kind of interesting because apparently that's been a long-running series, but this one is not about fighting. It's more about puzzle solving. They took kind of like a portal approach to it to hmm. where you're just trying to figure out how to get to the, through the levels. With the horror, you know, yeah, with the horror genre, mix. that could be fun. Yeah, could be interesting. On the DL with us. Yes. Downloadable we have, uh, scene. There's there's kind of a lot. Yeah, because these things pile up over two weeks. You have um, Helix for yeah. WeWare last week, which was a rhythm action title that didn't score too well. Right. Uh, I previewed that one, yeah. so I know what that one's about. And uh, There's techno dance tunes. You didn't mention that. Well, no, I didn't. I'm trying to, list, to mention it as least as possible about that game. My Aquarium is a WiiWare uh, aquarium sim. Yeah, it didn't look bad. For no? $5, you could, you could uh, well, I don't know. You could, uh, you could do a lot of things for $5, but I guess you can get a virtual aquarium. For $5 on your Wii. Clue Clue Land. This was one of the original NES games made by Nintendo. I don't remember it. Only you said it was the one with the balloons. No, that I, I got confused uh, with. Uh, was that Ice Climber? I the box art was confusing in my head. Oh, so it's not the one with the balloons. No, this is the one where you are kind of like a Pac-Man type of game where you're you're moving around a series of pegs trying to find where these things that look suspiciously like rupees are at. And they kind of form a pattern, and you're trying to avoid these things that look s- suspiciously like Octoroks. Like Zelda ripped these sprites directly out of this game and stuck them, stuck them over in Zelda Land. Land does of it look Hyrule. Like, does it look like something that you need to play for five dollars? No. no. Okay. It's not aged well. What has aged well is Super Mario RPG: Legend of the Seven Stars, which I have started. And did not, for whatever reason, get very far. You started to play it recently for this preview. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, we a, it's this an up. RPG, um, and it's Mario, and it's a solid Mario game. The graphics, of course, look like 
Super Nintendo graphics. And I don't think I don't think the graphics aged as well as like Super Mario World. Because the, I look back on yeah. Super Mario World and it nothing ever seems pixelated or dated to me. And they do in Super Mario RPG. But well, you said that, that was is... because of our TV. But when I play Super right. Mario World on our TV, I never I still don't think Man, why is it so pixelated? Well, it's a combination of things. It's it's the high def TV mixed with Super Mario World is a two D right look where this is three D isometric from, like yeah, it's kind of from above and behind. Yeah, so it's got a, kind of a three D look to it. The other thing is the first levels are all real dark, and I think it makes it look more dated to me than the really bright colors of Super Mario World. Right, there's a lot of there's a lot of old school RPG ness to it where around the level that you're on is just pitch black and you can like the whole screen isn't taken up by playable area. It's like there's a path that you're on and it's just like suspended in blackness. Right. This is the path you follow. Yeah. The other thing that you said was a bit weird is that because it's an RPG, the controls are, are a bit different because A is the command button and the B button jumps, which is different than... Which is different than every other Mario game, I think. Yeah. And the way you go through the and menus... And he punches. That was weird, too. Yeah, he, he punches at first, which uh, I guess has been carried over to Super Smash Brothers and stuff like that now. But, yeah, when you start off, you punch, but then you get your hammer pretty quickly. Okay, good. I hadn't seen where you got your hammer yet. Yeah, I have a hammer now. So, that is definitely a quality pickup for $8. Yeah, if... If you've never played it, definitely pick it up. It, of course, is so good because it was made. Uh, it was a collaboration between Square and Nintendo. Samurai Showdown Two came out last week. Yep, uh, nine dollars for the virtual console, and that is Samurai Showdown Two. It definitely uh, is still Samurai Showdown with more characters and added moves. All right, what is this next one? Ease Book One and Two. Uh, that is the TurboGrafx-16 version of Ease. Um, coming out for $8. This is actually one that I'm going to pick up. Because it's two games in one for $8, which makes... Yeah, not bad. And these are uh, action RPGs where you actually don't swing a sword or battle or anything. You just run into the characters and then it calculates the stats and decides whether or not you hit them or they hit you. Uh, so you want to run into them from, like, the back and everything. Um, but I'd never played them, so I'll give them a shot. Um, let's see. Do we have enough room on our... No. Oh, that's for the... Uh... What what system is this for? That's for the Wii. Yeah. Do we have room for that? Uh, We're kind of pretty much done. It's, hopefully it's very small. Uh, la- the last guy for the PlayStation 3. Yeah, this is the Google Map game where... They took images from Google Maps, and they stuck little stick figures on them, and you are trying to gather all of the enemies, or not enemies, you're trying to gather all of the humans and save them from zombies. And it is incredibly hard to see. Like, the views, it's kind of fun, but... Well, it was incredibly hard to preview because it didn't make sense to me, so playing the demo didn't really help? No, the the demo helped. I know exactly what it is. But it's not good. It's I don't think it's very good. No. It's very simplistic. You just run around the level and you try to collect as many green dots as possible and get them to the safe house. And it's really based on Google Maps? Yeah, that's how all the levels are set up. So you're running around actual cities. 
Interesting okay. idea. Not good execution, I don't think. Castle Crashers came out last week. Yeah. And we have a new uh, with Smart Banky. Oh, yeah. He made uh, a Castle Crashers made logo. Made a new logo. With, uh, with me, you, Cheapy, and Wombat. As we have yet to Crashers. play Castle Crashers because you want me to play it with you because you liked it okay single player but think that it'd be better. It's definitely a multiplayer game. Okay. And it's a beat-em-up and it's gotten rave reviews. Everybody's loving it. I just not have not had time to play it with all the two human. Well, we'll put Castle Crashers on our list of things to play and talk about next week. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, if you're looking for a multiplayer game uh, on Xbox Live Arcade and you haven't, hasn't really been, I don't know, I had a lot of fun with Bomberman playing online with a bunch of CAGs. So hopefully Castle Crashers will meet that Well, yeah, and it's all co-op. That need. Uh, Gin Rummy. I tried that out last night. That is definitely gin rummy. Good, because that's really that's all, all it is. A lot of different modes of gin rummy. Hmm. Five dollars though. So can't go wrong with that. That's true, unless you wanted to play it free on the version that came with your PC computer. Um, <laughs> Shred Nebula. All right. Yeah. Uh, Finally, so the game that we obviously had the, had the interview about, and this is a twin stick shooter, but that's kind of misleading to call it that because it's not really. It's not really. It's a lot more involved. Um, it controls a lot differently. The controls take a while to get used to. I, I will admit that when I started playing it, I was not feeling it. Like Because of like, the controls. Uh-oh. You were <laughs> Yeah. The controls struck you as not being... You weren't comfortable in them. Well, there's been so many twin-stick shooters on Xbox Live that you kind of get acclimated to what those were like. I mean, you're right. used to moving with the left stick, shooting with the right stick. I mean, Geometry Wars has conditioned our brains to do that. Right. This one takes a older approach to it, where you are actually controlling with the left uh, trigger. Okay. You're controlling your thrust. Okay. And then the LB controls your reverse thrust. Okay. So th- then you point with the left stick which which direction you're shooting. Okay. Um, so that takes a little bit... A time to get used to because you're not shooting with the right stick. You're shooting with the X button. Got it. Uh, that's your primary attack. But here's where a lot of depth comes in. You have a primary attack on X. You have a secondary attack on A, which is you start off and it shoots like these two almost kind of homing missiles around. Okay. And then once those go out, you can shoot them with your normal guns and make a bigger explosion that takes out more enemies. So you can use your primary and secondary attack cumulatively to make a bigger... Yes. Okay, that's kind of different. And then you have like a a third function that's on your analog stick. Okay. And it starts off and it's just a scanner because there's these things. The storyline goes where... You're trying to find out what happened to all these ships that have been disappearing. So you're okay. going around looking at the wreckages. Okay. And then by scanning those, you get the next locations of the next ship and it's so very forth. very Firefly. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's got a little Firefly to it. But uh, so you scan those with the right analog stick. Okay. Uh, but then later in the game, as you go along, you open up new weapons. And you, you can select these by going through the D-pad. And you, then that changes all your functions for all your buttons. And so then you can get to where the right stick has a weapon map to it. So then it can turn into more of a twin stick shooter. Okay. But you also have, in addition to that stuff, you also have shields that you can activate, which we're talked about in the interview a little bit. Right, because the shields can kind of have some they blocking can reflect, or, yeah, They reflecting. can reflect shots back. And then you also have, like, a hyper boost 
with the Y button that, that makes you obviously go faster. Um, and yeah, once you get, it took me. Once you get settled in. Once you get settled in, all of a sudden it just clicked. And then all of a sudden I was doing all kinds of like cool moves where I'm switching from, like I'm flying away from guys with forward thrust, then I'm turning around, going to reverse thrust, going backwards, shooting them long, going backwards, then flipping back around, using my shield on somebody, like one of the bigger enemies. Right. And then combining my secondary and, and primary attacks to do all kinds of neat stuff. So play the demo at least give it a shot play the demo twice because the first time i did not like like i said it didn't click, didn't click with me the second time it second clicked. time it did uh well and anytime there's new you know a new control scheme new control scheme always throws you but it sounds like once you get used to the control scheme the game's a lot of fun it is i, I like it a lot Certainly well worth the $10. Yeah, there's a lot of content in there for $10. The multiplayer... I'm, I'm about nine levels into the single player, and yeah, there's a lot of multiplayer modes, and there's an attack score mode, too, which I haven't tried out and yet. And we've got plans to play with uh, some of the people from Crunch Time Games on multiplayer. Yeah, this weekend. Which, judging from the amount of buttons that you just mem- mentioned required to control it, I'm going to have some difficulty. You are going to have a lot of difficulty. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when I was playing. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, crap. Because I don't do well with like using the trigger. Or, yeah, you said triggers, right? Yeah. The triggers tri- and... The most difficult mm. thing to get into your mind is no matter which way your ship is facing, left is always left for your ship and right is always right for your ship. But then when you combine... You can either be going forward or backwards. Oh yeah, that's with that. bad. This that that is view. why I failed my driver's test when I had to back up through the cones and parallel park. That didn't happen. All right. But uh, also coming out this week for Xbox Live Arcade is Pirates vs Ninjas Dodgeball, and Gamecock uh, gave us a code for this too to to uh, try it out. And I played through the Pirates storyline already. Um, it's pretty pretty quick to play through. You. And it's it's a fun little game. I mean, it hasn't. I they were saying they were getting mixed reviews on it so far, and I can understand that because it all depends on what you are expecting out of the game. Okay. But if you are looking for like kind of a party game, kind of something similar to like the first things that come to mind with me are Power Stone. Now it's not it's not in the Power Stone quality sphere, <laughs> I guess. Like, okay. Power Stone's really, really good. Well, yeah. But this one has Power Stone elements in that you're running around an open environment. You're picking up dodgeballs, obviously, to throw at the other person. But it's similar to picking up items in Power Stone. See, it, but it's dodgeball. But it's kind of fun. But well, it, 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 it's not going to blow anybody's mind or anything. Well, is it worth the uh, $10? $10? That's the question. If you're going to have people to play with multiplayer... That is going to be the crux for whether or not this is worth $10 to you. Okay. But if you liked games like Kung Fu Chaos, uh, maybe some like Fusion Frenzy type stuff, like things that, that don't take a lot of thought but are kind of fun to just go around and like attack people. and Yeah. Like it's a group activity. It's a, it's a solid game from that aspect. Yeah. Well, that's it for the releases over the past two weeks. There's been a lot. Um, as always, our show is hosted by... Hosted? Why do I always want to say it's hosted? We because hosted Because you're giving the show. away hosting domains. I am. Okay. Our show is sponsored by GoDaddy. Maybe in the outline you need to write sponsored. Just to help me out. Nah. 
Um, get $96 in free extras with your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Each domain includes free hosting and a, with a website builder, a free blogcast, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a listener of CAGCAST or CAG4Play, you can enter the code GAMER1, that's G-A-M-E-R-1, and get your .com domain name for just six ninety five a year. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Uh, this week, try and support our friend um, Mott CTG. Mott CTG CAG, who has his game coming out this week that we've been talking about, Shred Nebula. Check that game out on Xbox Live Arcade. Look for us. Ship will be playing it a lot, I'm sure. And enter the contest for it as well. Exactly. Enter the contest for it. We've got five free copies and five T-shirts to give away to five lucky winners. Uh, dig us, leave us positive preview or previews. Man, leave us, leave us some feedback on iTunes. Check us out in written form on cheapassgamer.com. Listen to the CAGcast, which will be coming out Monday? Most likely, yeah. Probably. We're still trying to settle in with our timing with the CAGcast. Friday come is out not going to be our day, I can tell you that. <sighs> Friday is not going to be the day. And... I still want it to be Tuesday. Well, that's fine. We're going to go for, for Tuesdays, but we're going to slow, slowly get back into Tuesdays, I think. I, we'll, we'll work it out. It's just, for as much as it's the season of gaming, it's also the season of veterinary medicine, it seems like, at work. Uh, email us with questions, shipwrecks at cheapassgamer.com or foreplay at cheapassgamer.com. Again, enter our contests, and we will see you all very soon. Bye. Thank you.